0: You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of...
1: Episode 66. Really? Yeah, man. it's pretty crazy and today we're gonna have morley on later man so uh i'm really looking forward to his return man
2: nice man
1: the guy's released a movie since then so uh you know you can find it on amazon prime basically but while we're waiting man um i have a new song man so i figure i'd debut it man
2: yeah let's hear it dude
1: yeah so check this out so uh you know, Billie Eilish, uh, she won like all the Grammys this year basically, but uh, I was actually making this song and then I was just making it and then I felt like, wow, that, that song Ocean Eyes can actually like really, really fit. So I actually wrote the music before I, pu- uh, I knew it was going to be a remix, man. So uh, uh, yeah, check it out. soundcloudcom that's my shit d-a-s-m-y-s-h-i-t or uh yeah go check it out it's a remix i just basically made on the fluke man so i normally don't write that kind of music but you know it brings me back to uh back in the day when you used to listen to a lot of like vocal trancey stuff i'm not sure if you know what that is teach have you heard of you know what trance is
2: uh i mean i can kind of imagine um... yeah, but...
1: You know, it's like this breathy kind of vocal style, basically, man. So, you know, I'm I'm diverse, man. I'm making like songs for chicks, man.
2: (laughs) Dude, I I enjoy all types of music. Um, this this music, I I would I'd love to work to. You know, it's it's nice. It's it's upbeat. It's uh, I I like it, man. I like it. You heard the original song? (laughs) No.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's it's really slow, actually, man. So like, um, yeah, it go check out the original guys we can't play it on here because we'll get you know pulled basically but uh yeah you know that's oh, yeah. my that's my remix of it man so uh it's always i feel like that's why i'm feeling antsy today man like i finished the song yesterday and uh, now i'm like all right i gotta restart that whole process or i mean i kind of have nothing to do now do you feel that way you know because i
2: dude i've i have been um just getting a bunch of stuff done um I, I cut a uh, stencil yesterday. I just cut another stencil today. Um,
1: you put up something right in the street?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I put a few pieces up actually. Um, dude, I, I'm, I'm half hermit and half social person. You know what I mean? So um, when something like this goes down, like, but then to also still be able to, you know, go out and, and put pieces up at night um yeah there you go there are the kids nice little uh something for uh for people to think about
1: <laughs> for, for the people just listening to the audio i just put up a, a picture oh yeah Each stencil basically it says uh it has a picture of his two kids as superheroes along with a uh a pandemic pup as we like to call them. and it says <laughs> no, we don't care what you call it just please help us and uh each other through it it's awesome man
2: yep Actually, uh, I have another piece that uh, I'm going to be putting up. I'm going to be using some stencils that they cut and then one that I cut to, to go along with it. It'll be the first collaboration with stencils they've actually cut um, and one that I've done. Um, oh, you know what? Here, hold on a second. Let me just show you. <laughs> Shout out to Andy Warhalla on uh, on Instagram. He, uh, he sent me this. Um, the uh, <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter um, had this on their
1: uh Oh awesome man. Congratulations, man. That that's big. Hollywood Reporter
2: covered it, huh? Yeah, well they didn't say anything about it. They just used it basically as like a as background for one of their shots. Oh, of course they didn't give you credit, right? Thank you. There you go. That's what I need. Thanks what I need. Ah <laughs>
1: Uh. i like these new sound effects man it feels like there's like a studio audience you know what i mean
2: oh yeah man
1: <clears throat> hey i want to give a shout out to the mystery artist man he left a nice comment on your page basically he said he had a dream and uh oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah that was
2: really
1: he said that really... he his dad he, uh, and him came to a live taping of paint the town podcast i just want to give you a shout out man one day when you put some shit on the street, man, and you catch our attention, we are going to invite you on the podcast So keep visualizing. And, uh, one day basically we'll have you on, man. So keep doing what you do, man. I like what you're Absolutely, doing. Absolutely,
0: man. Yeah, so I love it,
2: to man.
1: Artist, man.
0: I saw that
2: comment, man. That's the kind of stuff that warms my heart, man. You know,
1: <laughs> I, I know whenever we get like feedback, man, like I love it, man, because it, it keeps us going instead of like, I mean, I see the numbers basically, um, you know people listening but you know we don't actually know if you're taking in the content man so when we see stuff like that um <clears throat> it just makes us feel good and right now basically you know if you are listening to this podcast and you want a free sticker um of the one that uh in the background right there of teach of uh paint Oh you not know, hold on a second I got to uh
2: grab one of these stickers over here like, hold I
1: love them. Uh. There you go, an official Paint the Town podcast sticker, a five-dollar value on our Patreon. Actually, <laughs> uh, if you want a free one, man, uh, just DM us, and then. Uh, We'll send it to you and it just kind of lets us know that you're tuning in and uh checking it out, man. So whether it's tomorrow or you know, five years down the line that you listen to this episode, just say hey, DM us and say, Hey, uh, I want a free sticker. I listened to that Morley episode, and uh we'll go ahead and send you one, man. Um and okay, so Morley's basically I see him in the waiting room, man. So I want to basically page him in. All right. Oh, cool. You can do the
2: doorbell. Where's the doorbell?
1: Well, there you he <laughs> go. He's coming in. Am I patching him in? Let me see where he is. See,
0: oh, there that's... he
2: is. <laughs> There's. the Uncle Morley, on man. The <laughs>
1: there he is, man.
0: There, there you go. Intro music audio, for man. you. There,
2: my man's getting fancy over here. He's been spending too much time with just himself and his dog at his house (laughs) like all these fancy sounds going on now and everything it's uh it's very very advanced now love it how you doing i'm doing good man how are you guys i was just telling james man i i'm uh i'm actually being very productive because i'm half social and half hermit so the hermit part of me is kicking in and getting all these bunch of stencils cut bunch of new little things made this little guy um oh. but uh you know it's know yeah, it's a little tough for the kids i know you have a a, yeah. a new one um yeah. what's it like at your house dude uh
0: well he's basically like a little tasmanian devil pretty much uh it's sort of like he's at the age where you can occupy him for like 15, 20 seconds tops, you know, like every once in a while, there'll be something where like, how old, now? how old uh, he's, he's 18 months. So I remember
2: that. Yeah.
0: So he's definitely still in the phase of like, you know, maybe you can occupy him with like a spilled jar of change or something like that, uh, for you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. But for the most part, it's like, okay, we're doing this. Oh, and he's done. I'm moving on, you know, type of thing. So it's been a lot of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just been, you know, tough to, to juggle all that stuff with, with anything really other than that. Yeah.
1: I feel like, you know, normally with an 18 month year old, you're staying at home a lot anyways, amidst this coronavirus, right? So life isn't too different, I'm guessing for you or. It's it's true.
0: I mean, you know, I think it's just, it's really just been about the, this discovery that like the most valuable asset really is time, you know? um, more so than, than anything else. It's, it's like, okay, you know, because basically now it's like everything I say yes to, I'm saying no to something else. So it's basically like, okay, he's, uh, he naps from this hour to this hour. So that's the time that I have to do the dishes and I have to, you know, uh, put the laundry away or something like that. Uh, and it's basically like me and my wife figuring out, okay, how are we going to negotiate this, you know, this, this chunk of time that we have where we're not, you know, uh keeping him from putting his hand into a blender, you know
1: <laughs> what about the whole uh pandemic situation? I mean, has that affected you guys? I mean, are you guys all stocked up? Is it more concerning with an, a newborn?
0: Well, uh it's basically like the the sort of it's to me for me, it's been managing the emotional aspects of it, mainly for my wife in terms of like she's panicky. Mm-hmm. We we stocked up pretty well. Um, We're, you know, we're all set there. Not, you know, we're not quite to the point of like, you know, wiping our butts with, uh, you know, um, pieces of of crumpled up newspaper yet. But, um, (laughs) but, uh, but no, it's been, it's been pretty good uh, on that front. It's mainly just been, yeah, keeping her kind of steady and Uh, it's one of those things where you know you're sort of like everything is going to be fine we're all going to you know we're taking it seriously we're all going to be in this together you know but but you know in a few you know months or whatever it's it's going to be okay and I'll just be over here for just a minute but it's going to be okay and then like walking over and being like oh my god is it going to be okay is it going to be okay so it's that kind (laughs) of thing where you know like putting on a brave face. And for the kid, it's basically like life is beautiful where it's basically like, you know, I'm just like dancing around like a clown and trying to make sure that he's as happy as can be because he he has no idea what's going
2: on. You know,
0: that's good. That's
2: good. You know what I mean? At least, at least he is, uh, is young enough to not really know what's going on.
0: It's um, true. Although in some ways I feel like he's going to regret someday being like, I don't, I have no memory of any of that stuff. You know, like, I mean, it's How funny. was the pandemic for me? Piece of cake. Exactly. Dad was
2: awesome. He made me laugh my ass off. How, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because, like, you know, and and obviously these are you know, I, I remember I was I was in New York on 9 11 and terrible, obviously horrible, you know, tragedy. But afterwards, it felt like every single person in New York sort of had their where I was and what I was doing on 9-11, you know, and sort of how it affected me. And obviously some people had touched more significantly than others, but everybody kind of had that. And in some way it was sort of like a bonding thing. Everybody's sort of trading their war story, you know? And I think that that's one of the very few silver linings of this whole thing is that everybody's going to have, you know, across the world, they're, they're all going to have their sort of, you know, coronavirus story of like... This is what I was doing. This is what, how it affected me, how my life sort of was thrown into upheaval. And, and, you know, um, I think that in some ways, you know, God willing, when we're on the other side of this, it's going to be a lot, it'll be interesting to sort of swap stories in that way.
1: Leave it to Morley to put it so eloquently trading war stories, <laughs> wow. man. I love that, man. I don't
2: know. <laughs> have, uh, have you been out on the street putting any
0: pieces up since, uh, since the quarantine? not really it's been it's been tough especially because my wife you know she's she's very um she, she's very delicate with this stuff she's you know she's she gets nervous um she's more nervous than 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 i was but it's good because she's also keeping me accountable and making sure that you know uh that we're doing all the right stuff so she's basically i can relate
2: yeah i can relate exactly. it's, it's it's okay man It's it's yeah. a good thing
0: yeah so i've been sort of putting that stuff on a hiatus but i will admit uh, on the on the brief walks I take with my son around you know our neighborhood, I've been putting up little googly eyes on uh, on all the um, uh, fire hydrants and drawing little mouths. So so basically any other little kids because I've I've looked around and seen a fair amount of of kids walking with their parents you know for for exercise and just to get out of the house and. I, you know hopefully they'll start to see and be like, oh, there's another one there's another one there's another one type of thing and, and get a kick out of it So that's sort of been one small way that I've been trying to stay creative is is making my little Google guys basically I
1: love that still doing your little part, man I for lo- the
0: kids for the kids exactly, it the kids. <laughs> exactly.
1: And it costs awesome, another evolution basically of uh, you know <laughs> of Morley basically now with the Google yeah.
0: yeah. But the one thing, though, it's been kind of nice. Honestly, I've been posting some of my older pieces up, uh, and it's been it's 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 been a good experience in that it's been clarifying. You know, I know last time we talked, there was we, we talked a lot about how um, social you know networking can be uh, a great thing to sort of spread uh, you know your art and, and get it out there, but it can also be something that can kind of um, box you in and kind of make you you know. I think sway your, your focus to being like about numbers of likes and, you know, how much are you interacting with people and how much are people seeing what you're doing? And, and, you know, so for me, I feel like this whole experience has clarified, you know, once again and been a good sort of thing to sort of remind me like, why I do this and so posting my old stuff and really sort of saying it doesn't matter how many people like it or see it or whatever the only thing that matters is that people really need positive encouragement right now and so um, it's helped me you know be even less focused on the social network aspect of it and just being like I'm just going to post it you know and uh, and and forget about how many people it's you know are, are seeing and all that. stuff, so, so that's, that's always a, a good thing, I think. To, to Absolutely agree. Yeah. I,
2: I can't agree with you more on that. I actually, um, <clears throat> once they started messing with the likes on, on Instagram, um, you know, I, I was like, okay, I don't even know how many people are, are liking what I'm doing now. Um, and even before that, once the algorithms started really messing with how many people you're reaching, And I was like, why am I even doing this? I'm only reaching like, you know, maybe a, maybe a hundred people, if that, although I have like 17, 18,000 followers or whatever, but then, you know, when you have kids, I just look at it as like a journal. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to keep this journal for my kids basically.
0: Mm, That's good. And
2: so that's, that's the way I try to try to keep looking at it. And now that we're in a pandemic, I kind of see it uh artists um it's kind of like our role now especially street artists graffiti artists it's our role now to go out there and and be the entertainers and and be the ones to put stuff up to help take people's minds off of what's going on and And give them a different way of uh looking at it or or whatever um i love it nice
1: (laughs) i just wanted to share some of uh
2: The stuff that this
1: is this is actually March thirteenth, so you had this up pretty early. It was that wasn't full lockdown mode yet. This is still like it was a week virus time, right? For those of
2: you who can't see what he's heard, just listening, uh, it's one of Morley's pieces. Uh, you have a, a big heart in the, in the middle with a guy in a, in a hazmat suit, and the the words across that say, "I I just can't quarantine my feelings for you anymore." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. It's just, you know, still trying to stay positive during this period of time, man.
0: Yeah, you you try for sure. I I agree with you, you know, teach that, that I think it really is our jobs, I think, to, uh, to do our best to kind of make, especially in a world that now seems so scary. I mean, it's interesting how, you know, obviously the world always held scary aspects to it, whether it was, you know, crime or whether just, you know, sort of, the the random lottery of tragedy that, you know, can befall us all at different times in our lives. But I think that there's something about walking outside and especially now with the masks and stuff, like it's definitely, you know, you can walk outside and feel like it's the end of the world, you know? And I think that uh, it's, it's, it's vital now for people to, to every, you know, hopefully on you know sort of those those serendipitous moments discover some little small piece of beauty and hope within the world and you know whether it's a a little googly guy on a fire hydrant or whether it's a you know a big piece of beautiful art and a mural or something like that I think that you know um, it's an interesting time and I think that again you know when sort of looking for silver linings and all this stuff I'm very curious to see what the world will look like on the other side of this, what changes, what things will really affect people. You know, I mean, I, I know uh, only a few generations ago, people were, you know, um, really affected by the great depression in terms of like the, their entire generation was, you know, had this sort of, you know, they needed to to, to hoard and they needed to collect and, they, and it was, everything was about, you know, like saving and, and all this stuff. And that sort of really affected their entire life long after the depression. You know, you have, you know elderly people that were were truly affected by that 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 time and i wonder if that's that kind of a thing is going to affect us now absolutely yeah absolutely our generation is going to sort of like have the sort of ptsd of what it was like you know
1: i just wanted to read this one um that you had morally amongst the rubble i discovered the parts of me that are indestructible we've been talking about this uh quite a bit because teach has been saying these times of struggle will make mice or men out of you basically and you know what i mean so um, you know I just, I just wanted to you know thank you for uh, uh, continuously posting up these positive messages man it's helped me get through it definitely
0: well thank you it's interesting too because a lot of them uh, you know are, are all very you know older pieces that i'm reposting because i'm sort of looking through all my stuff and saying okay what is applicable and what will you know hopefully give people a message and it's, I'm sort of surprised, honestly, at how many messages I've found that I'm like, wow, that works pretty well considering the circumstances, even though it was created long <laughs> before these circumstances, you know. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's, been an, it's been an interesting thing sort of seeing how things can be reappropriated in terms of, you know, there's one that said, um, you know, who is stronger than those who have their worst fears come true. And, you know, for a lot of people out there, I know that, uh, that this kind of thing is, is, is the, the fears that they've, you know, uh, held for a long time. And so it's, it's an interesting. Oh, I was just, dude, I was just
2: telling James earlier, this is one of my worst fears. Hmm. Um, one of the reasons why I, I never wanted to have kids of my own, um, is because of, of a pandemic. You know, mm, yeah. like if I if I'd been single now, back with my old life that I had, where I was just traveling wherever I wanted to, hanging out wherever I wanted to. This and I would if this happened, I'd just head down to Costa Rica and and surf for however long this lasts, and then you know uh, deal with whatever the new world is when I came back. You know, but um, you know, this is one of my worst fears. Like, why would I want to bring kids into this kind of world? Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I was also telling James that, you know, humans have an amazing ability to adapt mm. and to take what is the new normal and learn to thrive with it and and inspire with it. Yeah. You know? Totally. So yeah. that's uh that's what I see someone like you doing. Um we're gonna need people like you to, to help with, with things like that because you know, I feel like it's going to be a, a new normal as far as <clears throat> how we're going to be socially spacing each yeah. other. Um, yeah, you know, people are talking about
1: how it's going to go gallery. back. What's that? People keep on talking about how it's going to go. When is it going to go back to normal? I can't help but think like we were just living at a really sweet time for mm-hmm. like a long time since World War II, basically. And, uh, uh, End of and- the era
2: yeah
1: you know i mean things things change and they never go back to how they were before all the time you know like the dinosaurs man i mean a meteor hit and they ended man so things change like all the time and you know we're such a little you know blip on the whole world thing this is like something new for all of us and i don't know just thinking about it uh it's kind of scary sometimes man
0: absolutely but you know it's it's interesting too because you bring up a good point which is that things change all the time and yet it, they feel like we adapt so quickly to things that that the you know the new normal becomes a, a way of life very quickly and i think that that says something you know positive and, and maybe also negative in that we have a hard time remembering things so we are doomed to repeat them but uh, I think that for the most part, it says something positive about how our, you know, species is able to, to change and 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 move with the sort of evolution of things. I mean, some slower than others. Clearly, our politicians are, you know, dinosaurs of their own that are gonna. Yeah, uh, but you know
2: what? For example, your child, you know, your 18-month-old child. By the time he's like seven, eight years old, you know, he's gonna be like, what? Another pandemic? Oh, here we go again. You know? Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're going.
0: Yeah, ah, 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 ah,
2: yeah. You know? maybe, maybe, yeah. guys. I mean, it's you one know, thing that start also think Here's about. The thing. now that now that something like this has happened, this is never going to happen again, not mm. to this extent. They're they're not going to. I mean, they should have been prepared for this a long time ago, many administrations ago. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm blaming them all, all of them: Obama, Bush. You know, Bush before him, I'm blaming them all. There should have been preparation way before for something like this. It was just, it was never taken care of. Now, now is the time to figure it out, learn how to live the new norm, and, you know, have the preparations ready this time because what happens when you don't?
0: Yeah. Well, it's hard to, you know, part of you wants to be like, oh, it, it's like, you know, the Starks, you just got to, your motto has to be winter is coming, you know, always constantly, con- you know, assuming that, that there is something that's, that's, that's down the road that you need to be prepared for. On the other hand, it, it is also difficult, I think, to sort of stay in the moment and sort of realize like the, the fragility of it. And, you know, cause I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I I think it's really important to be prepared and to, and and especially, I mean, obviously our, our, our governments and things like that need to, need to be prepared. That's, that's their jobs. That's what we elect them to do. Um, But I think at the same time, you know, it's as much as I want to also, you know, have a constant sort of vigilance in my mind, I also don't want to become sort of paralyzed by the idea of fear, you know, and that, that, you know, uh, we're, uh, I, I, it's it's been very interesting, and I think very eye opening for a lot of people to realize how precarious so many of the systems that we put in place to keep our culture, uh, you know, floating. How like oh, it took like maybe a month to just completely tank our economy, you know, like and and you know it's going to take years. To to get back to where we were before, and, and all it took was just like a few bad weeks, you know, type of thing. All
2: very delicate. And all very, very delicate.
0: delicate. I mean, all it took for essentially our government to, to be uh null and void for the most part in in the face of something like this was electing one bad reality that's all it took for, for so many of these things to crumble for him to disassemble so many systems that were put in place to protect us from ourselves you know it's it's crazy and and I think that that uh it's sobering, but at the same time, I think you know I think about how these types of things also allow us to to when when something topples to the ground, you can rebuild it and rebuild it stronger you know like I was talking to my friend the other day about so many different industries that are going to be bailed out of this thing. And you think, okay, well, if we're giving them a ton of money, taxpayer money, you know, to, to fix a lot of these, 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 uh, you know, um, these different businesses and these different, you know, uh, industries, now is the time that we should put in some kind of uh, fixing mechanism within it. You know, we can say, okay, and we work. realize that like, all of these things have major problems whether it's the farm industry whether it's you know all of these different industries that we're going to be bailing out how can we make them better now that we're giving them money you know like is there a way to say this crop is maybe less you know eco-friendly or let's figure out a way so you can switch from being uh you know in you know Doing you're absolutely right way, times
2: you know. of peril that is when new systems are 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 learned and put in place because right. uh, necessity is the mother of invention
0: exactly exactly so you know god willing that'll be another silver lining in this whole thing is, is figuring out different ways that we can we can fix things that that needed to be fixed decades ago you know absolutely absolutely agree
1: uh, you know, our economy is basically based on confidence, right? Y- you know, our entire it's not no yes. longer a no gold standard, right? So I mean literally the pandemic, the the media letting everybody know that uh, you know, there's a pandemic coming, caused a bunch of uh concern, and then there's no more confidence in the ability for our economy to grow because everybody has to stay at home. How fragile is that, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, i'm not a conspiracy not at all i'm just saying but just basically the media letting us know that there's an invisible enemy there tanked our economy because everybody can't can't go out and work you, you, you know what i mean how information spreads so fast nowadays i think it's just so powerful nowadays the social media that we have you, you, you know what i mean and uh you, you know there's so much i want to talk a little bit about some misinformation going out right now because uh, we on, on a previous episode we had uh, um, some things come out that maybe like 5g causes coronavirus y- 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 you know what i mean and uh, i real quick because i didn't address it last time uh j- i wanted to just kind of bring up this point man you know if you think that 5g causes coronavirus i'm just saying there's about like five countries that have 5g okay but there's 184 countries that have coronavirus okay so i'm just saying the the math doesn't add up guys okay so i'm just saying what my point is that um just information travels so fast now and i think that that's why within a month basically everybody lost confidence in our economy and it's literally tanked you you know what i mean and uh,
0: i think we're you know the the realization of what it could mean suddenly you know caught up with the people you know i mean and I think that the, the, you know, obviously the stock market's one thing, but you know, to me, I'm, I'm more concerned about the, obviously the people who don't get to go into work that work in, whether it's restaurants or movie theaters or whatever, you know, I mean, musicians, I mean, how, how long is it going to be before I feel confident going to a concert again? A while, you know, like a hotel. Think about hotels. right yeah, Totally. But convention what's interesting centers, yeah, convention centers, sports arenas. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just, it's, it's, it's constant. But I'll say this, though. Uh, one of the things that's interesting to me about conspiracy theorists and misinformation is that it's actually, you know, I think that on the one hand, you think it's motivated by fear, but I think it's actually motivated by a desire for control because in a way, the idea of, say, a government or even 5G being responsible for something or whatever uh, you know the idea of of like it started here, and that they're giving it to us on purpose, and all this stuff. Because that's actually less terrifying than the idea that we live in a sort of cruel uh, and, and a heartless world. That can that 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 a, that a virus that is essentially unstoppable is that the idea of that is more terrifying than the idea of a government who we could overthrow, or we could just like if we wear the tinfoil hats, we'll be okay. But it's like no, the <laughs> truth is it's very this thing has there's, it's very you know uncontrolled right now and so we have to you know the, the best we can do is just sit and, and 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 essentially you know not talk to or touch each other you know for as,
1: so as many times reality is so much crazier than anything people can think of man just look at tiger king man i don't know if you guys have watched that That's but right <laughs> have you have you seen that morally at all a little bit the tiger king on Netflix. i have seen
0: it it's what do you think yeah, about I'm, that man i'm, I'm okay, basically halfway through it and the problem now is one of those things where you're like halfway through uh haven't finished it yet but of course all the gifs and memes and stuff are like blowing all of the the big surprises for me so <laughs> um so i think i i mean it's interesting to me how one of the things i've always been fascinated by with the internet is that it's democratizes and, and perhaps not the you know in in good ways and bad ways but information and, and and things are just everything is so spread out now that like you know everybody has a news channel for their own opinion everybody has you know um you know there's there's not this sort of cultural agreement on things you know I was thinking about how you know when the Beatles played at Sullivan it was like 64% of people that owned television were watching the same thing all at once. <laughs> and, it, and it changed popular culture, like, overnight. And for me, I feel like the internet, while it's great because it gives a million bajillion different options for things, it also sort of means that we're not having the same kind of cultural alignments the same way. You know, the fact that, like, MTV isn't around anymore to say we're not listening to hair metal, now we're listening to Nirvana like that I think affects us. And so it's, it's, it's always, I find it kind of comforting when there's at least one thing that, that pop culture, everybody's sort of agreeing on. So it's like, I'm just comforted by the fact that it's like, we all agree this crazy tiger owner is what's interesting to all of us right now. <sighs> you know, like a that's, that's, that's- distraction from nice uh, that,
1: reality. Really. I think you know. You know what? What I gotta say though, the internet a lot of times is fucking wrong, though. You you know what I mean? I mean, what I'm just. It's kind of like I'm curious, like what is actually mainstream opinion now? Because sometimes when you look at news, of course, coronavirus right now, everybody's tuning into news, you know. But a lot of times, I think you know, if you look at some of these YouTube videos, man, they have millions of fucking views. I don't know if network television is getting the same amount of views. So I'm just wondering, like. What is, who controls the mainstream opinion nowadays when you, you know for example <clears throat> let's just take a really really lighthearted example Popeyes versus uh, Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches <laughs> okay you know, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? okay I mean the internet went crazy you, you know what I mean and then basically I could have sworn that the internet pretty much agreed that Popeyes was better but I went and got it <laughs> for myself And I'll tell you, I love (laughs) Chick-fil-A, you know, it was way better than Popeye's, you know, that was my opinion, but I'm just saying a lot of times, like, the internet kind of just rushes into this corner, like this mob mentality, and uh, like I said, I'm confused sometimes of what is actually mainstream opinion nowadays, you know? Mm.
0: Well, I think it's also can be, you know, surprising because now a mob, you know, is is very... There, there's a bajillion mobs out there, and they each have sort of enough sway to ruin someone's day and someone's life, you know what I mean? So I feel like the, the consensus of the world, it's, it's, it's tricky, you know? I mean, if you're, if you're on, if you say the wrong thing on Twitter or whatever, and, you know, it only takes, you know, a few people saying really hurtful, horrible things to just be like, wow, I am losing my faith in humanity. <laughs> um but i think that if you were if we were to look at like you know the, the the sort of real numbers of the millions and millions and millions of people of people in this world i feel like we would be surprised at how how little uh we kind of all actually agree on things you know i mean it's it, you know it's surprising to me when you think about like the fact that like like i read that like only the only artist that sold a million physical copies of a CD last year was Taylor Swift. That was it. No one else sold a million physical copies. Every other you know person that that sold a million copies of anything it was all digital, you know. And granted, that's just a medium. That's you know those things are gonna fade. You know, I'm sure no one sold a million cassette tapes or or eight tracks you know last year either. But um, but I still think that there is something about you know how how it's really difficult for all of us to agree on something. And I think that like, you know, it's, it's hard for for consensus to really truly be reached, you know? And, and I think that's good in some ways because yeah, we're not necessarily being told what to like anymore. Like the what you know, like the example I gave about like MTV sort of deciding, now we're all into Nirvana. Now we're going to be playing that. Now that's what you guys are into. Don't worry about poison anymore. They're gone, you know, type of thing. and you know we don't really have that anymore. And maybe that's a good thing because now we have a million people that all. I like this. People poison can like poison, and it, it, there isn't a sense of like you know that's that's old. That's old. This is this is the new. Um, but it just maybe I'm just maybe I'm just old now, and I just feel like everything moves so fast that we don't have time for anything to like truly matter or, or leave any kind of lasting impression on us anymore. You know, and it's interesting because I mean. I think that that's what street art kind of understands in a unique way, because we're so used to creating a piece of art that leaves an impression on someone, hopefully longer than the actual art is on the, you know, whatever we put it on, whether it's the boarded up building or the, you know, the electrical box or the whatever, you know, um, I've, it's funny because I just talked about how I, you know, I'm nervous about the the, the world and how little of an impression we get, you know, things leave on us, but I'm, I've also made peace with the idea that my artwork is so temporary, but you hope that somehow it leaves an impression emotionally, obviously longer. But yeah, I mean, it's I like it's, that it's an interesting uh, piece, dynamic.
1: I like that teach that piece that we were just talking about before Morley jumped on of uh, Prince Harry, man. And uh, you know, congratulations, like you said, the Hollywood Reporter uh, covered it, man. So, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, what was going through your mind? You're just like, hey, uh, Prince Harry moving here? I better. <laughs>
2: I love that, man. Oh, you mean okay? How did I come up with that?
1: Or I don't know, I'm just saying because you, you were working, man. I mean, you've been putting up a lot of pieces. Um,
2: dude, I'm sitting here at the house, you know what I mean? It's uh, not, not much else to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, they just moved to LA and I felt bad because um, the uh. Trump was kind of not so nice to them. the uh, First, you know, thing that he had to say to them was, we're not paying for your security, you know? It wasn't like, hey, <laughs> welcome to America, you know, anything like that. It was like, hey, we're not paying for your security. And so, you know, I, I kind of wanted to do something that both welcomed them to L.A. and also honored his, uh, his wife. Megan, because she's actually from L.A. Uh, She went to Fairfax High School um, and, you know, uh, or her mom did. Her mom went to Fairfax High School. And, you know, she comes from a really cool family. And so instead of putting um, a stencil up of her, um, I knew it was going to get marked up eventually. And I didn't want her to get all, you know, defeated up or anything. And so that's why I, I put Harry up and put them with a, uh, what I, what I call a, an old Mexit um, hoodie. Um, you know, because it says keep calm and, and wash hands. Um, and you know, cause they left the Royal family. It's like they washed their hands of the Royal family. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so, um, one of my, one of my friends on uh, Instagram, uh, Andy Warhalla, um, actually, uh, <laughs> sent me a, a direct message and um they had uh they had kind of covered it on um the Hollywood reporter they basically used it for uh, a background in one of their one of their shots so you can see that yeah nice man
1: congratulations <laughs> man
2: yeah that's great well but there was no they, they, yeah here we go that's what it was um, that's what, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, local street art or anything like that, or hey, you know, check out this thing with Harry, it was just, happened to be the photo that they, in the photo that they used for this, this particular thing, so uh, no one knows who the fuck the artist is or anything like that, but um, no, I've had uh, you know, usually um, we're uh, flipping houses, but we're not doing that anymore, Um, and so In the meantime, we're you know, we've got the pandemic going on. So um I just started a a residence at MRG Gallery um fine art and had to call that to a stop. I was basically going in um you know from twelve to five Monday through Friday and and working on a painting there at the gallery. Um and we were gonna have a show after that. Uh, I'm gonna be putting together my book. um, October is going to be 10 years for me of doing graffiti, but, um, that's still going to happen. Um, I'll have that put together by October, but you know, the show, the residency, everything else just went. (laughs) Um, and so I have like all this, this creative inertia going. And so now that I'm holed up here at the house, that's why I've just been going crazy with the, you know, with the new um, stencils. I also started (laughs) messing around with, uh, these
1: little guys nice doing some sculpting
2: <laughs> Hey, Morley, I, mold making
1: i know that right. uh in the since we last talked, actually you released a, a little uh documentary man on amazon prime <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. prime video man that's awesome man thanks how, how was that whole process was it a challenge to like film it to get it up there man um
2: first of well, all how long did it take the process from start to finish
0: Uh, to be fair, it was a little bit of a, of a cheat because I, uh, have been filmed for, you know, many years by different companies. Um, and they, uh, so I basically, uh, with a lot of the companies I'd said, like, you know, um, is it cool if I, you know, use this footage after the fact, you know, uh, and they were, you know, a lot of them were very cool. Um, I specifically had, uh, I'd, I'd been shot for, um, for a while by like a company that was making it for Verizon and AOL. And they actually gave me the raw footage, which was great. So, um, and then like uh, this great gallery, um, you cooks uh, on Fairfax, they they filmed me for a while too. And I used a lot of their footage and then just, it was basically like, you know, um, collecting the footage from all these different places that had filmed me over the last 10 years or so. was the primary sort of job uh, and then kind of just piecing together what I wanted to piece together. And then, you know, basically as far as like the, the answering questions that had been asked me sort of over and over and over again, and that I sort of was noticing, like, this is the question that people kept asking that kept, you know, people kept having, whether it was at Q and A's or whether it was, you know, in interviews or whatever. And so, uh, you know, I just, Answered all those questions as best I could, and and then put together all the different footage that people had filmed with me over the years. Some of it, obviously, was my own personal footage that I'd filmed. You know, there's a a, a big chunk of it that's uh, my wife giving birth to our kid, and uh, that obviously was you know footage I filmed. And there's a fair amount of stuff like, um, you know, whether it's like me falling off of like a you know while well, putting up a piece, falling you know off of the ladder I was standing on, and and you know, falling to the ground or uh, getting screamed at by a homeless person or, or uh, yelled at by a guy who, you know, caught me putting something up or um, uh, there's one, there's one thing I did where I, I wanted to put a piece uh, in, in, in the LA river and, you know, I did it during like the drought and there was this one, you know, area that I thought, oh, that would be pretty shallow. And it actually like went up to my neck. So I wound up sort of swimming through and holding the piece, and then you know, and like you know, putting it on the on the wall, and then and then uh, you know, uh, you see it in the documentary. I, I, I turned the camera around. And I was like, I thought this would be a little bit less shallow than it, than it was, or a little more shallow. <laughs> uh, so it's some of those sort of street art adventures. Those are fun things, and those are the things that I, I'd film myself. But some of the the cooler, more professional looking stuff is all from the other companies that. You know brought in dollies and drones and things like that nice,
2: nice, and so it's uh it's only a half hour long that's a lot to pack into a half hour man that's nice, yeah,
0: well, I didn't you know it's interesting i you know there's always that thing you know I had the same issue when i when I was putting together my books of like how much do people wanna know, and then how much does it start becoming masturbatory, you know like so, you know, um it was tough because, you know, it's like one of those moments where you're like, obviously, like the the gold standard of street art documentaries has got to be extra through the gift shop, you know. But then I also yeah. watched uh Shepard Ferry's doc, the uh Obey doc that's on Hulu. That's a good one. But yeah. there, there was definitely some moments where I'm like, okay, can I sustain a feature length type of, you know, thing with this? You know, should I should I just err on the side of um, Leaving people wanting more and and a half hour felt pretty good to me because it was the kind of thing where you know I mean not even for me obviously like i I don't watch probably eighty percent of the stuff that I want to watch you know I the desire is there, there's just no time, so I you know I wanted to give people the opportunity to watch something while not saying like yeah he was he was stretching it a little bit here. <laughs> so.
1: What music have you been listening to morally to kind of get you through this, man? Any catching any live streams? Any musicians?
0: You know, I I, I haven't been catching any live streams. You know, I as much as I'm completely uh, in favor of musicians finding new ways of making money and finding new ways of reaching their audience, and I think that's great, and I fully support that, uh, I, I just the live stream thing i'm just i just can't, i just don't have time you know or or and it just feels weird too because you know as a person who doesn't go to very many concerts in general i'm like i don't know if i can if i if i'd be like all right well i'm gonna sit down and watch the concert or my, my computer screen so i haven't quite gotten into that but but music i have definitely been listening to music as, as much as i can you know um the new clem snide record if you guys get a chance uh, I'm a big fan of of them. That's uh, that's produced by one of the Avett Brothers. So if you like the Avett Brothers, it's it's a, it's a really good record. A lot of really great uh, uh, music and and uh, poetry in the lyrics. Um, so that's really great. Um, what else? I I love uh, I love a band called the Smith Street Band. They're an Australian band. Um, they've been putting out some stuff that's been really great. Um, i'm really excited for their new record whenever that drops um i love um gosh let me just see going
1: back on that a lot of djs they've been live streaming basically and it's been really oh, yeah. interesting because like uh i think uh, a lot of raves basically they got canceled and uh, you know people are just aching to uh for live music and uh, i don't know a lot of people have been asking me for it but i'm like you know what there's so much competition right now i'll just uh produce music i just released a new song morley
0: um, oh that's great
1: at the beginning of uh, uh the episode before you jumped on uh i played it for the audience so it went, you know you know when this video gets released you can definitely go check it out man
0: fantastic uh, making all the sorts of the music. uh excuse me what's the name of the song
1: uh you know it's a remix of a Billie eilish song actually i wrote the oh, cool. song and i just felt like hey man the Billie eilish lyrics or the voice was in the same key. And I was like, this works, man. So, uh, you you know, it's not often, um, like I said, it it fits so perfectly, man. But uh, sometimes I've already released like five tracks this year, man. It's like, I'm working, man. Jeez.
0: That's great. Well, yeah. And also, I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing that you can do in your room, you know? And I think, you know, I, I feel like, you know, staying productive is such a good way of staying sane. You know, I think that like, you know i I am similar to you teach where like the the actual you know sort of hermitude of all this is actually the easiest part for me. I mean, being you know a father and a husband is a challenge on its own but but as far as like if I was single and and alone i I don't know how much my life would really change having to stay just you know and home based i mean i I spent a lot of my time writing and and it's weird because. You know, as artists, I think we love to interact with people that that connect with our work, but it's it's a, I'll will admit it's a challenge for me. I I struggle with you know um, not that I I don't like talking to people. I just it's it, it's work for me because my sort of my first def- default setting is uh, being by myself, working by myself, you know, thinking a lot, and 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 then you know putting something up all by myself, you know, and then that's it you know so i like talking to people i love interacting with people it, it's really edifying and encouraging and empowering when you see people that you know connect with your stuff, especially online but you know at, at gallery things and things like that like i i'm always just i'm sort of like i want to give a person whatever they want from the interaction so it's like i you know, like this person wants to be recognized i want to hear them i want to i want you know i want to appreciate the fact that we are connecting on this and that's great and it's a sincere thing but because my sort of, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not, a, I'm not, I'm not really great at, uh, at, at um, being social, you know, I just, I kind of am better at staying, at staying home and, and working on stuff in my, in my laboratory, I guess. <laughs> I can relate to that.
2: I I've went through, um, you know, uh, adjusting to, um being able to I struggle with the same thing you know I want to give people as much time as you know if they came to my show to see my work you know they get they left their house they travel across who knows what they found parking in LA and they came to my show like I want to give them as much time and respect as I can Absolutely. you know and it's funny because some people are are really good about knowing how much time to say hey you know say a few nice things and then and then they move on other people you know don't know how to you know they get kind of stuck and then then you get that awkward moment where you're like okay you got like their fanboy <laughs> that you want to say hi to and yeah it, it gets a little bit, bit difficult when you want to try to be politically correct with everybody because it's impossible
0: totally yeah, yeah and you want i think that there's also this feeling because i've i you know gone to places and talk to people who, you know, I just wanted to, them to know that their work was, you know, left an impact on me. And so you, you really like, I want to be respectful of how it felt when I was in their shoes type of thing. Um, and so, and I also don't want someone who's waiting and waiting and, you know, to just to say whatever they need to say or, 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 or um, to talk or whatever. Cause now, you, so I'm like, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, I want to talk to everybody. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I want, I will make time for every single person who ha- who is interested in, in talking to me in any way, shape or form. Um, but at the end of the night, you know, like I, I just feel spent a lot of the time, you know? And I, and, and I think that again, that's a good thing. I don't, it's not. Do you do what I do? Do you go back and
2: self-analyze every single, uh, conversation that you had and like go crap i wish i would have talked about this with that person and then actually have the conversation in your fucking head right then and there well you know, am I, I the only one that am i i'm probably the only one listening. <laughs> i don't
0: i don't so much do that as much as i become i become I, I just think to myself like did that person have the interaction that they wanted you know like was i you know uh, because sometimes i get like I get caught up with, like, I want, if this person's come to another thing and said hi to me, I want them to know the next time I see them, I remember you from the last thing, you know? Um, and so sometimes I get really caught up in, like, and there's a lot of times where people have been like, hi, and I'm like, hey, so good to see you again. And they're like, I've never met you before. Cool. I, I, you look familiar to me and I yeah. wanted you to, to know that I, you were familiar to me. You know? So it's that kind of a thing. And that you know sure that
1: reminds me one sure way to fuck with a celebrity or a famous person uh if you ever meet them is to say it's nice to see you again basically even if you haven't ever met them again basically it'll stop them in their tracks and make them be like fuck because celebrities meet so many people they're like god damn i'm supposed to remember this guy
0: god (laughs) damn right or something like oh
2: it's so good to see you again the last time we hung out we had such a great time and everything you know
0: Yeah, or you could really mess them and be like, it's great to see you again, although you look, you know, you're sober this time, and, you know, we don't need to talk about what you did last time when we saw each other because you were pretty (laughs) blug, 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 and they're like, oh, my God, what did I do to this person or with this person?
1: (laughs) Well, Uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but, I mean, you know, we had a sticker meetup that I would love to invite you to. uh, That got canceled, basically, because, obviously, Corona, man, you know, I wanted to, you know, we'll give you a couple of these stickers, man. Uh, when it. you get the chance, uh, morley has got to have stickers, right? Of course. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but I don't know. We're just saying we're saying that we're gonna have to have like a community table in the middle that we put all the stickers on, and each go uh, six feet to go grab them, man, because <laughs> you know it. social yeah. distancing and everything like that.
0: Oh no, I'm I'm a huge I'm a i am I love stickers. I you know and, and uh I I uh, I love make there's some of my favorite the thing that I feel like a lot of artists that that you know should know about stickers is that essentially every single sticker you either give to someone or you know, what you can sell or whatever is essentially a gift to them, but also a piece of promotion for you. You know what I mean? Like people put the sticker on whatever they put it on, and other people see that sticker, you know, it's like so I love stickers. I'm a huge collector of stickers, and, and uh, I, love, I love making them. They're some of my favorite things to, to make, and obviously putting up is the easiest thing, you know, so. Well, yeah, man. One of the so, things that people don't realize,
2: though, um, stickers will get you in more trouble than uh, painting will. That's true. Spray painting. Which is crazy. Crazy stuff, but sticker residue on the back of a sign. Even if it's only just on the back of a sign, if that sign, if you've done like four signs and each one of those signs is hundred dollars, felony. Wow, Some crazy stuff.
1: That's knowledge, <laughs> That's the the...
2: teacher.
0: <laughs> what?
1: I just played the more you know music, basically. That's, you know? Okay.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. There's a fair amount of people who've asked me about, you know, street art, you know, and it's interesting because it's definitely changed in the last few years. The culture has been, I think, more accepting of it. You know, it's interesting, like you said, you know, with, uh, with your, your, uh, your Harry and, and Megan piece that the, 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 the picture that was posted didn't even really call, you know, to attention that it was like, oh, this is graffiti. This was put here, you know, it was just sort of, put there you know the, the photo was just posted and and it's become sort of so you know it's such a part of, of our culture here in LA and, and I you know I assume many major cities in the in the United States and beyond um that uh that it's becoming less taboo and stuff so it's interesting when you sort of realize like man I can't believe that's still a rule the sticker thing about like how how you can get busted for stuff like that when it's so clearly not you know something that even the culture is that concerned with anymore but so I have a lot of people that will ask me, are there ways of creating street art or, or just you know, public guerrilla art that um, that that I don't? I'm not putting myself at risk in, and to come up with different things for people that want to create art but don't necessarily have the the uh, the guts to to, to do it on a, on a on a super illegal level. So I always say it's great to use magnets. You can get white, uh, you know pieces of paper that have essentially magnet backing on them you can draw on it or whatever print on it and then you put it up and it's not you know obviously it doesn't leave that sticker residue and it doesn't it doesn't put you in as much risk I'm also a big fan of bookmarks and taking them to the public library and putting bookmarks oh, yeah. into books nice. I love when
2: you do that man it's well but your stuff is
0: poetic anyway and for go well, going you. a book
2: it just makes perfect fucking sense <laughs>
0: thank you <laughs> So, yeah, there's I, you know, I feel like there's and I, I love like this the sculptures that you make the you know, like the one you just showed you know was was great those with the resin and stuff like that. you know, I feel like you know there's so many different ways, and I think you just have to be creative and stuff, like you know, like, uh, you know um, i i made I made uh rolls of toilet paper um and I put them in gas station bathrooms. Uh, and, uh, you know, so like, that's another way that you can kind of create art and people can find it in different places. And, you know, although I will say, you know, when I put up one of the rolls, uh, you know, I was walking out and just as I was walking out, a guy, you know, ran past me and like just unloaded in that toilet. And it like, it was only then that it really became crystal clear what the toilet paper with my face on it, where that was going. Um, so, you know, but whatever. <laughs> that's awesome, music, man.
1: It's been pretty much an hour, man.
2: <laughs> oh, dude, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> we just want to say thanks again, Morley, man. Thank you. We we always enjoy you when you come on the show, man. So uh,
0: thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, man. So uh, tell the audience how, where they can find you, man. Basically, uh, check out I am Morley. Uh, dot com i a m m o r l e y dot com or official underscore morley on instagram um yeah that's pretty much it if you want to i mean you know not that the, i want the documentary go- how do they
2: see the documentary again well that's on
0: amazon prime you can uh, it's called the name of the documentary is my life is still just a first draft um so you can do that and then uh, my books are in bookstores um yeah, the newest one is called Let's Burn This Moment Down to the Filter.
2: Love it, man. Love it, man. Great work, brother. Thanks Thank for being you. out there, Brad.
0: Oh, it's Thanks my pleasure. For being man. on the Take show.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Take care. Love you guys. Take care. Peace.
0: Love you too. Take care. Guys. Peace. Bye. I'm-